Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. Listen, even non-believers have heard about the number 666. Some people, I don't, I don't like that on my license plate. Hey, Doug, just calm down. It's okay. But the number 666 is a declaration of man declaring himself to be God, and we know him as the Antichrist. But he's going to implement a currency, and that currency is going to be one that the Bible says, if you don't have his number on your account, you will not be able to sell anything and you won't be able to buy anything. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. The Bible defends itself against the claims of man. Now people always have a hard time with this. Oh, don't argue to me about the Bible and the existence of God if you're going to use the Bible. Well, why not? In fact, if you really think about it, you want to disprove the existence of God and you don't believe the Bible is true, but I'm going to argue with you, with you from the Bible. So you would think that if your premise is true, you'd be happy to have me argue my case from the Bible because you don't think the Bible's true. So you could easily destroy my argument. Here's the deal. If I use the word of God, I should be very fragile and vulnerable if your argument's true that God doesn't exist or the Bible's wrong. The reality is that the Bible defends against those kinds of claims. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible says it of itself. The Bible was breathed out by God. That's a huge claim. Either man wrote it or God wrote it. Which one is it? The second thing is this, the Bible authenticates itself against the spirit of error. I love that. Second Peter chapter one, verse 19. Look at this. Listen carefully. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to take heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first. Now, you, as I read this, think about that Nostradamus stuff. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. You can't turn in your Bible and say, you know what this means to me? You can't do that. I mean, you can do that, but you'll be called a heretic or a cultist. You can't make stuff up like that. The Bible doesn't allow for that. For prophecy, look at this, verse 21. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The word moved can also be translated possessed. I like that. How did God communicate to us? He possessed a human being called the prophets, for example, wrote it down, and then time would be its test. Amen. And if Nostradamus has got a 71% chance of being right, does anybody know what the Bible says about a biblical prophet if they're wrong once? Stoned. Not, not dope, not pot, not drunk, not stone. I'm talking with rocks, not drugs. That prophet's to be stoned. Why does God, why you say, man, kind of edgy, isn't he? What's the deal on that? Because your soul's at stake. If somebody teaches you falsely and leads you in the wrong thinking down the wrong path, 
you wind up where you don't even have a thought of going to, nor would Satan ever want you to know this, but it's called hell. You follow a lie from the father of all lies right into hell. And how does God, or how does this devil do that? He wraps it in religiosity and deceives people with false prophecies. We want to be very careful about that. And then finally this, the Bible quantifies itself against the property of time. This is one of the most fun things ever. Time. The property of time. The Bible tells us that God governs time. He moves time. In John 13, 19, listen to this. Jesus is speaking and he says, now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, follow me now, you may believe that I am, and look in your Bibles, it has the word he in it in your Bible. I should have actually changed it on there. In the original Greek language of the scriptures, the word he is not in the Bible. The translators put he. That's why if you look in your Bible, it's, it's italicized, isn't it? Why? Because it's not there in the original language. Are you ready for this? This is Jesus speaking. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am who I am. It's the Greek words, ego emi. What is that? Well, you've, you know the Hebrew words. When Moses is looking at the burning bush and he speaks atop Mount Sinai to the burning bush, the voice comes out of the burning bush when he says, who do I tell the children of Israel sent me? You tell them I am that I am sent you. In the Hebrew, it's translated in the Greek, I am who I am. What does that mean? Jesus is speaking, claiming to be the one at the burning bush who is the self-contained, eternal, existing God. You say, well, that's a big statement. Well, I want you to take notes. Write this down. Because I'm going to give you several passages to back all that up. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth I tell you of them. The God of the Bible knows the future. Isaiah 45, 21. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has declared it from ancient time? Listen to him. Who has told it from that time? Have not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me a just God and Savior. Did you think Jesus was your Savior? He is. Jesus is God. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. That's a 3,000-year-old prophecy, church. How about this? Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning... And from ancient times that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure. This is the God of the Bible. He writes the future down in advance. It's called Bible prophecy. And then Luke 21, 28, Jesus said, now when you see these things begin to happen, look up. I love this. Three things. Look up, lift up your heads. How come? Because your redemption draws near. Let's, let's, let's leave that on the screen. That's awesome. 
So watch this. It's always fun when you're studying the Bible to do this, uh, to do this when you're studying scripture. Because your redemption draws near, I need to lift up my head. You see that? Watch how I'm reading this. I need to look up. When I see these things begin to happen. See, I read that backwards. When you study the Bible, you read it forward, you read it backwards, sometimes you read it in between. You saturate yourself with it. Jesus said, when, you, when these things, he's expecting you to know the things. The Bible talks about certain things that will trigger the responsibility for every true believer to be looking up, to be lifting up their head. It doesn't mean you walk around like this. What are you doing? I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for Jesus. It doesn't mean that. It means that your eyeballs are in the front of your face, spiritually speaking. Have your spiritual eyes looking up. Lift up your head. Be ready. Why? Your redemption's drawing near. How do I know? Look around. That's what that verse means. What's happening in the world right now? Look at what's taking place. Does the Bible speak to these things? And the answer is yes. The Bible says right before Christ returns, there's going to be talk about a global government and a one world faith. And we gave you some images and some links to that. Number two, regarding a one world global economy. That whatever goes on in the world, the Bible says there's going to be what comes out of it, a one world global economy. And that economy will be conducted by a currency, which was our third lesson last time together. That the last days are going to be marked by a one digitized, we now understand, global currency. It's numeric. Remember, we ended last week with the number 666. Yeah, I mean, even, listen, even non-believers have heard about the number 666. Some people, I don't, I don't like that on my license plate. It, Doug, just calm down. It's okay. But the number 666 is the declaration of man declaring himself to be God, and we know him as the Antichrist. But he's going to implement a currency. And that currency is going to be one that the Bible says, if you don't have his number on your account... You will not be able to sell anything and you won't be able to buy anything. And the Bible says a great amount of people will die because of that. And then here we go. When you see these things regarding confusion and misinformation. Did you know that most people under the age of 40? Do you know that they get their news from Twitter in this order? Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. The fourth thing. You know what the fourth thing was? The fourth thing was, how many of you have an Apple phone? Raise your hand, Apple phone. I don't know the other devices. Android. Whatever that stuff is, I don't know. So the, the worst thing ever, do you have Apple news on your Apple phone? That is the most corrupt, bias, insane news ever. And young people go like this, oh wow, uh, uh, what? A guy just gave birth to a baby in, in Manitoba. Unbelievable stuff on Apple news. If you have Apple news, I think it's built into your phone. I don't even think you can get rid of it, can you? Can you kill it? Can you get it out of there? So some of you smart guys are going, you can, you can get it out. It's unbelievable stuff, but here's the deal. Give me a 15-second thing on that news. What was it? That's the news? Okay, I got it. And then people believe it. Deception and misinformation, confusion. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, which is remarkable, when the disciples asked, when 
the disciples asked him, give us a sign about the end of the world. Okay. Take heed that nobody deceives you. Deception will permeate the last days. For many will come in my name, saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. That's a reference to false religions and false messiahs. And now you can pick and choose. Remarkable. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Very familiar verse if you attend this church. Now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, expressly says, he's not messing around, that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Ministry, people, we've never seen it like this before. Keep, it, keep the verse up there. We've never seen life like this as it is now. People departing from the faith, people that you thought would be with us all the way through to the end are given up. Husbands and wives are giving up on family, on, on one another, and it makes no sense. They got married last week or they've been married 70 years. They're saying, I want a divorce, I want out. I don't, or I don't believe anymore. Never seen it like this before. To have this almost this invisible little lever that you entertain that if things really get tough, you'll just pull that lever and bail out. Some will depart from the faith. Apostasy. Why? Giving heed to deceiving spirits. Listen, the deceiving spirit's not going to come up and go, I'm here to deceive you. Follow me. It's going to be so cloaked. So beautifully, can we remember that Eve was no dummy? That she was perfect. And when Satan spoke to her, it sounded and felt so good, she had to have it. It was so appealing that she had to choose what Satan was offering because it sounded better than what God can give. And she went for it. In these last days, you're going to see increased attacks against your life, just know this, it's going to be coming from deceiving spirits, invisible entities that will lie to you in your head. Look, it's one thing to see this television program, this movie, this article, this book lying to you. But one of the most dangerous things is to get a thought in your head and you ponder that thought. And Satan works this way. Go ahead and leave it on the screen. Deceiving spirits. You know what? It's my 25th high school anniversary or reunion. Oh, maybe I should go. Well, wait, wait, wait. How was your high school experience? Well, I just want to see what's going on. Well, you think that's wise? Uh, who's going to be there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Karen's going to be there. Or maybe, maybe Mike will be there. Who's that? Oh, just friends. <laughs> friends I haven't talked to you in 25 years, and last time I talked to them, I was like, not good. But where did that come from? Deceiving spirits. And you start to get curious. Well, I wonder what they look like now. You know, that's a big whopper, right? That's a big one. I used to work with this person or that thing, and it starts subtly like that. Oh, it's just a little... It's just a little search. What's that going to matter? Is it wise? Watch out. And doctrines of demons. Demons propagating misinformation and confusion to the masses, starting with you, starting with me. Think of it. 
Remember, everything that we're reading regarding Scripture has already been tested and tried and attacked. And here we are reading 2,000 years old this statement that fits like tomorrow's news. Yeah, amazing. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. That's always amazing. Don't do this as I do it. I can do it, but you can't do it. I can go to the French Laundry and have dinner, but you can't. You wear a mask. I don't have to. Right? I use Bible verses. You're not allowed to. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. That word simply means that they can't feel anything anymore. It's a perfect, perfect definition of a narcissist. They can't feel anymore. Somebody could be bleeding out in front of them or crying or have a broken heart and they're, they're like this. What's for dinner? Have you ever seen people like this? There's no sympathy. There's no empathy. There's no love. There's no heart. Their conscience is gone. Remarkable. When you see these things regarding the affection of man's heart, his affections. The Bible tells us that in the last days, in fact, I'll give you the, the verse right now. Watch this. It's 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. This is amazing. Again, for those of you who are new, you're new to the Bible, or maybe you're just uh, you're, you're hearing this for the first time. Again, this is a 2,000-year-old statement. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Watch this. Lovers of money. Now, technically, you could, without doing any damage, keep reading it this way. Look to the screen. That's the scriptures. But watch how I read this. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They love to boast. They love it. They love to be proud. They love to blaspheme. They love to be disobedient to their parents. They love being unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving. They love to slander other people. That's called the internet, social media. Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. They love to break an agreement. They love to be traitors. They love being stubborn or headstrong. They love being haughty. That's a great word, isn't it? Haughty. What's haughty? Haughty is, I'm so, last time I checked, I was so much better than you. <laughs> Self-absorbed, right? They love, listen, lovers of pleasure. That's the punchline, rather than lovers of God. And having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You know what that means? It means you'll find them in church. People like that. In the last days. Pretty scary, right? Think about it. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Real life.